Hello and welcome to another episode of Fanboy Transmissions. I'm your host, Shoeless Chuck, and with me as always are my co-host, Brad. I have won five consecutive BMX jousts, and the next competitor is you, And my co-host, Jack. I'd say something clever, but I can't think of anything. Well put. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another episode, and uh, today we're going to be talking about movies past year. Movies of 2011. What we liked, what we hated and what we thought of everything in between. Uh, so I'm going to hand it off to Jack, and he's going to start us off with talking about a movie uh, that he feels strongly about. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, strongly in the negative or strongly in the positive? Either way. Okay. Well, this year started off with some interesting movies, to say the least. I know we went very at length about how dark of the moon was. Uh, but... Um, I, I didn't. I saw a lot of movies this year, but I didn't go to the theater to see many of them. There was one, however, that I did go to the theater to see, and that's uh, Breaking Dawn. Huh. Okay. Uh, I was given a free pass, and I said, "Why the heck not?" That movie, I, I, I don't think there's anything I can say that hasn't already been said about it, but it's got the most convoluted, stupid ass story. And the audience with their hooting and hollering, I just wanted to like punch some people. <laughs> so, now, like, in... go ahead, Brad. I, I know we're not its target demographic. We're not fourteen-year-old girls, but like, are those nerd girls or are those regular girls? I genuinely don't understand the appeal of those movies. Uh, the audience that I was with, um, for the most part, they were in their early twenties, except for a couple really big fat guys that had twilight shirts in the center row, but I wasn't going to point them out. Team Edward. Bleh. <laughs> I'm just Okay. So, I so... went with my friend who is a twilight fan and she kind of explained it to me. It's uh she's like vampire stuff for a while, but she's not to the point where it's like, you know, team Edward, team Jacob. It's like, she liked the books. She wanted to see how they stacked up to the movies. Another thing is there's so much in Breaking Dawn. It's like, how on earth do you translate that to a movie? Give you know, some... like babies breaking spines and blood smoothies and blood smoothies. Give us, give us a <laughs> okay. Give us a rundown of like. What, I, I will try my best to key um, points of this movie. Like, what was it about for those who haven't read the book? Nothing. <laughs> it was really about nothing. Okay, it starts off with a wedding, and here's the first thing I'm going to mention. There there were theaters here, I don't know if it was anywhere else, that were holding wedding parties for this movie. I have heard of this. It's weird. I, I couldn't believe that they would do something so asinine. But it started with the first 30 seconds is shown people receiving the wedding invitations. And then, um, of course, we get to see Jacob the werewolf. He gets his invitation and he's all angry and pouty. Out the door he storms, shirt off. 30 shirt seconds. Off. Gotta have the shirt off. 30 no seconds in, Taylor no Lautner's bare chest. And, of course, the audience, you know their reaction, obviously. Isn't that a moist seat in the house? Well, except maybe the guys except that were the guy, Well, there. some of the guys. <laughs> and even then. Some of the guys, right. <sighs> so it went from a wedding story to a... Uh, a honeymoon scene with like the most boring sex scene I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, and then it was 
the whole, well, I don't want to do it because I'll hurt you, but I want it. And blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> so after this, of course, Bella gets pregnant, which shocks everybody. Mm-hmm. How on earth someone can be pre- uh, impregnated by a vampire? That just doesn't happen. Like like in every in every uh, vampire fiction I've ever read or or seen in movies, vampires cannot procreate because they're dead. You know. And here's and, a funny thing about it. It's like, okay, what's one thing needed for sexual reproduction? Blood flow. <laughs> See, th- this is the problem I have. Like the defense of of the fans of uh, the fans who defend this, they're like, oh well, in the first book, you know, he he, he they. Uh, they write all that stuff off by saying, "Oh, it's just legend and stuff. It's not. It's not. You know what we are." And I'm thinking to myself, "Well, then it's not fucking vampires. Yeah. You know, it, it's a convenient, it's a convenient way to just you know uh, um, dis- destroy any challenges to the logic of the plot." They're they're living disco balls. Let's leave it at that. Basically. And they so. once again ruined something that could be awesome: vampires fist fighting werewolves. Why? How are you making this bad? See, we got we got about uh, out of all three underworld, or, or well, the first three uh. underworld movies, we got about twenty minutes of that. And out of Van Helsing, we got like five minutes and of that. The Van Helsing thing was great. I will defend that movie. I will say, I will say this, Brad. Now, me and Brad saw Van Helsing a, a long time ago together. I hated it back then, but now. I've kind of come around to liking it. It is a bad yes. movie, but Embrace it's enjoyable. Embrace the stupidity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the the end the ending fight scene that was cool. I mean, I can't. I've seen like the first two, uh, 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 Twilight movies all the way through, and it's it's boring. Mm-hmm. I can't even understand how females like it. But here's what makes it even worse: is as bad as those movies were, this one takes it one step further, and I can't figure it out for the life of me. But what I found really strange, and I'm not sure if it happened in a whole lot of other theaters, half of the audience that was there were twihards. They were into it. Mm-hmm. But then the other half were me that were making fun of it. Yeah. And I started thinking, has the public actually smartened up that these are bad movies that we should be making fun of? I think so. Because to tell you the truth, I almost went to go see this one. Because I heard it was like the most uh, outrageous of them. And I was kind of interested in seeing it. Uh, there's already so much stuff that pisses me off. I don't want to do it deliberately. So, so I guess I'll leave it at the whole. Um, Bella needed to drink blood to keep the baby happy because it was draining her life. Kind of so, teething. <laughs> yeah. And then Taylor Lautner has sex with the baby or something like that. So more. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, basically what happened at that point is they – not they get a blood pack, and not like they just simply give her the blood pack to suck dry. Oh no 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 no! They put it in a styrofoam cup with a straw, which I'm almost what? almost assume them to do like one of those crazy twisty straws for it. <laughs> I was gonna say you gotta have a crazy straw for they your sh- blood. They should have. So, so she starts drinking this and then drops it, and the baby like lunges for it and breaks her back. What? Hey, I I don't even know. <laughs> so I'll go into the whole. The imprint thing, I'm ignoring that. What bothered me most about that scene is they didn't even have a real baby at one point. It was a full CG baby. (laughs) And I don't know how many people in the theater heard me, but I went, oh, come on. (laughs) So needless to say, it it was entertaining, but not in the way it should be entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give us one off of your list, Brad. 
Uh, let's see. Here's a throwaway here. Final Destination 5. I finally got around to red boxing that. Uh, you, you're either going to like this series or you're not. You're either into... I mean, like, okay, more people are going to be killed in ridiculous, you know, Rube Goldberg traps. And it is what it is. It's not a great movie, but it was worth my time. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I saw, like... Um... I actually went online to look on because I wasn't going to sit through like a whole hour and a half or whatever of Final Destination. They've, we've, we've, I've already watched like three of them, and that's enough for me. Oh, so yeah, I just, it's a, it's I a just went online. I, I just went online and, and saw the deaths, and uh, the deaths were pretty elaborate, kind of stupid, uh, except for the laser eye surgery death, which was. Ugh. I mean, the the whole point of the Final Destination movies. Uh, is the death scenes. And the whole point of the death scenes are to make the audience cringe and be really horrified. And if that's their goal, then they did it with that death. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, it is very formulaic, but they do build up the tension. Like, there's like three different things that are going to kill you in this room. Which one is it going to be? And you, that's what you're guessing. Yeah. And then, like, a fourth one comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh, yep. my God. That's usually how it works out. And the Candyman is in it again. So good on him. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, um, Wait, 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 the Candyman, what? Uh, can, uh, not Candy, is it Candyman? Yeah, he's the Candyman. From the movies, Candyman. Yeah, he he's... was the, uh, autopsy guy who explains the rules. Oh, about... oh, that guy, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, he's cool. did, did we have a Final Destination Candyman crossover that I didn't hear about? No, but that's what I'm writing next. <laughs> that would be awesome. There's, a uh, um, uh, there, there's this, uh, this death scene, uh, on a balance beam. All these elaborate, ridiculous things have to happen in consecutive order to make this girl do this 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 seven flip cartwheel off of a balance beam, miss, fall on the ground, and literally like she just folds up backwards like a folding chair. Like her back, her spine is broken. She's all messed up. And what's funny is when I saw that one and she hit the ground, I looked at it and I didn't know whether to not react or laugh because it was just so sudden. And ridiculous. Death it, is kind of a dick in this series because it keeps looking like, okay, you're free and clear, but it always ends the same way for the people. So congratulations, you get a couple extra days to be in mortal terror all the time. <laughs> and I would like to see like one of these sequels come up with a reason behind what's going on. I mean, maybe the last two movies did. I don't think they did. But I'd like to see some kind of magic explanation or something like that. Something going on. But that might not... end the series, and that's the problem. And that's the good part about it. The series needs to end. That was like how Saw kept going several movies after the Jigsaw actually died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, um, speaking of terrible sequels, <laughs> uh-oh. We, we certainly did get a couple uh, last year, didn't we? Um, yes. The the one that I can mention would be Spy Kids Four. Uh, just an idea that has kind of just been played out. Robert Rodriguez is my favorite director of all time. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, From Dust Till Dawn. These are some great movies. I can't for the life of me understand why he makes the Spy Kids movies because, increasingly worse too. Because family friendly movies sell. That's what maybe he's using. Maybe he's using the profits from it to uh, uh, to fund some new zombie trilogy or something, or like Machete or something. It's just such yeah. a weird juxtaposition that he makes all of these Robert Rodriguez movies, and then he makes this this kids movie thing. What's the deal with that? Right. I don't know. Like I was kind of the. I saw the first one, and it was all right for a kids movie. I think those are the only uh, defenses you could have 
for these Spy Kids sequels is that they're kids' movies. As far as kids' movies go, there's a lot worse. I mean, because last year we also got, what did we get? We got Spooky Buddies. Oh, uh, God. Um, we got the Smurfs. The Smurf. Oh, that's one I wanted to bring up. The Smurfs. Uh, the Smurfs one, was the last thing I'll, I'll say about Spy Kids Four, and this is what frustrated me the most. Mm-hmm. I could live with the movie Jessica Alba being the worst mother on the face of the planet. I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with her being married to an idiot that doesn't realize that she's a spy. I can live with that too. But the minute that we got a robotic dog that did nothing but fart and poop jokes that was voiced by Ricky Gervais, it made me want to punch him in the face. (laughs) And I know he's normally a really funny guy, but in this, he was just so goddamn annoying that you just wanted to strangle him. This was the year of uh, uh, face punches for Jack. (laughs) In my book, yes, absolutely. That was his answer to everything. Goddamn movie, I want to punch someone in the face. Solve it, punch in the face. He accidentally, like, punches a child in the face of sitting next to him. Accidentally. <laughs> there's, no, no, there's no accident about it. No. <laughs> uh, Smurfs was one of the movies. Okay, here's the thing. I will defend Smurfs. Uh, as far as a kid's movie goes, it's, it's the bottom of the barrel. It, it's, it'd be good as a kid's movie if it was just a little bit smarter. It was just... I mean... We did not need it to be live acted and computer animated with that mm. with the script. It was. I didn't even see it. it Although was Neil kinda... Patrick Harris, I usually enjoy whatever he's doing. See, he was all right, and I guess okay. I mean he wasn't offensive. That's what I'll say. He wasn't stupid. Uh, the but but there was one reason to see the Smurfs, uh, in my opinion, as a twenty weight uh, a twenty eight year old male. Uh, Gargamel. Uh, what was the guy's name who played Gargamel? Was it Frank Azaria? Was it Hank Azaria, maybe? Hank Azaria, is that the name? I I always mess up the name. He voices on The Simpsons, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he played, uh, I think he was the one who played uh, Gargamel. And he was actually really pretty good in that role, I thought. What was his plot? Is it still to turn them into gold, or is it going to eat them? Because it kind of went back and forth on it. In the cartoon, he wanted to eat them. In this one, he wanted to, like, put them in a, I guess, put them in a magic meat grinder and and, uh, absorb their essence uh because it yeah it, it, it that makes, sounds way more evil than the cartoon yeah it it gives him magic fuel or something or you know what i don't think he i don't think they said he was gonna kill them i think he just said i'm gonna absorb their essence or something oh did they make the obvious joke how the f do we only have one girl in our village yeah they made several <laughs> jokes about that none of which were funny they also uh, um like i think one of the one of the biggest jokes uh was uh well, as, as some people might know, Katy Perry did the voice of uh, uh, Smurfette, and they're gi- they're trying to give uh, Neil Patrick Harris ideas for his ad campaign, and they're throwing out lines and stuff, and uh, all containing the word Smurf, of course. And Smurfette said, "I kissed a Smurf and I liked it, and I I wanted to punch myself in the face." <laughs> I had that reaction that. a couple times last year, for sure. Yeah, it was. It, it was not. It was not horrible. It wasn't good. But I wouldn't say it was the worst of the year, uh, or or not by far not one of the worst of the year. We just need um, to go to movie theaters with mannequins in the seat next to us. It's sort of a visceral reaction every time we see a bad movie. There you go. Yeah. Just oh, sit in the front row and see see people's reactions to us just punching a guy in the face. <laughs> not weird at all. 
his head pops off because <laughs> we hit him too hard. You know, all the little. It would be more entertaining. Out. That's for sure. Right. I'll tell you what pissed me off uh, the most. I don't know if it was the worst movie of the year, but it definitely pissed me off the most. Big Mama's House three. That's on my list. Too. Go for it. <laughs> oh, they made like when I saw the ad for it, I couldn't believe it. It's basically it's another ridiculous excuse to get um uh, to get what's his name um, the comedian uh, Martin, Martin Martin Lawrence to get Martin Lawrence in the fat lady suit again. And they also get this uh, this teenage kid. I I don't know if he's an actor or a singer or what. Uh, a little bit of both, I'm thinking. Something from the Disney Channel, probably. Yeah. But they put him in a girl's dress too, and it's them. You know, it's the same thing as before. They're trying to pass as women, and they're really bad at it. But somehow they get. But they, this they, time they in like a girl's dormitory. Right. That was that's what was supposedly outrageous about it. <laughs> I I do got to give the the kid the the son a hand. I mean he he did, uh, he did a pretty good job as a girl. If this was like 1997, he would have actually been funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it had a lot of potential. That's for sure. It well not a lot, but a little. Okay, it had a bit of potential, but in retrospect, quite hyperbolic. You know. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack, go for it. You got another one. Uh, let's see. Well, we were talking a little bit about kids' movies. Um, on my eh, I don't really care list is I saw Nomeo and Juliet. Ugh, just because I wanted to see what they would do with the Shakespearean story. I'll give it one credit. Is integrating Elton John songs was neat. But besides that, it was it was just a mess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll let that slide. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one was Cars 2, which... I heard that's their first screw-up, that it's like, eh, it's okay, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it. picture it this way. Mater is mistaken as a spy car. They had this weird side story about spy cars. Well, I boycott Larry the Cable Guy on general principle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the only benefit I can say to that is the actual American spy car was played by Bruce Campbell. Really? Oh, sorry. And anything Bruce does is awesome. So it, it can at least not be discounted. Yeah. Anything Bruce Campbell's in. Like I hated uh, Spider Man, but I acknowledge it because Bruce Campbell was in it for hey, like Bruce Campbell seconds. shows up. Yep. Right. For like thirty seconds. <laughs> it's all that matters. Now I had um I had an interesting uh, experience with um, uh, Insidious. Uh, Apparently Insidious, early in the year, Insidious was, from what I've been hearing, was this really great horror movie. It was supposed to define the year as the horror movie. And it looked really creepy. It looked like it was supposed to be really good, right? And I said, did either of you guys see that movie? No, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the premise is. Insidious. It's basically like um, this family. I had heard about it, but that's it. This family moves into a house. It turns out it's haunted. Uh, so they move out, but it turns out that the house wasn't haunted. The family was haunted. Uh, and it's paranormal uh, activity. It's, it's basically <clears throat> yeah. It's basically uh, this this red devil like creature that that wants to take over the body of the dad. But for half of the movie, you think that the demon is after the son. Uh, mm. But right, right, and then like (laughs) it sounds it sounds pretty cool. But at the end, it completely like 
it wasn't doing too good. You, you felt like it was kind of moderately building up to something throughout the movie, but at the end, it just fell apart because what happens is they get a um, they they get the a, a clairvoyant, um, you know, a communicator with the other side, and they send the dad into the spirit realm to retrieve his captured son's soul, you know, which I liked this movie the first time it was released when it was Poltergeist. <laughs> you know, it was basically the same thing. And then, like, the devil takes over and everything. But what's funny is, like, when they reveal the devil, it's not scary. It's hilarious. They reveal, like, like lights turn on and he's standing. The devil is sitting behind a pipe organ playing music. <laughs> and then I'm like, and it's like walking through a haunted house and seeing this stuff. Like, you, you know, it's just waving this stuff at you and. It's not scary at all. And then you were the devil, spoiling the crap out of a movie I didn't even know existed. I, I don't, don't think it matters. <laughs> this movie, you do not. No one, no one needs to be surprised by this movie at all. the The funniest part was when the devil jumps down to attack the guy. He jumps down, and what sucks is, or, or what's crazy about it is, they do it from a low angle, like from the floor, right? So when he stomps down, you're looking up at him, right? And I'm not kidding. The first thing I thought of. David Grohl is the devil in Tenacious D. It, <laughs> nice. it looks exactly like the devil, and I'm like, I cannot be scared by this now. This is not scary. It well, was that was like the most epic scene of that movie. It was, and this movie, it was, it reminded me too much of that. If you want to talk about um, scary movies that were good this year, uh, don't be afraid of the dark. Not uh, that's a real butt red box. I might have to pick it up. Not that great. Not that great. There are a lot of better movies. But as far as movies have gone in the last year or so, this was pretty good. It's basically just about demonic fairies that try to kidnap people and eat their teeth. Hmm. Um, (laughs) It it was definitely worth checking out. Like I won't elaborate on it because it's definitely forgettable. But it it was pretty – it was okay. It was all right. Okay. Okay. Go for it, Jack. Uh, well, I can branch off that a little bit. Uh, one movie that I absolutely enjoyed of last year, came in around the beginning of the year, was Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman in Season of the Witch. <laughs> it was so cheesy that it was good. It was. Yes. Uh, there weren't the most, like, it wasn't Nick Cage being the full Nick Cage that we know. Yeah. But the two of them playing off one another just made it such a funny story. It's like, yep, I'll take yep, the five the million on the left and you take the five million on the right. Well, who, uh, whoever kills more has to buy the other beer. And it's like, well, what if we kill even? It's just like, what? <laughs> uh, as long as he has crazy hair and crazy eyes, I know I'm in for a good Nicolas Cage movie. Yep. Yeah, it, it was I en- I enjoyed it. Uh, like so many other movies like it, it kind of fell apart at the end for me. Yeah, What's crazy is like I knew how it was going to end. But it still made me keep guessing. I was like, I'm not sure, you know. Actually, I was a little surprised because they didn't really hide the fact. I don't want to spoil the movie too much. Hide the fact that the main female character is a witch, even in the previews. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, this is a witch. We already know she's a witch. But then there's that weird twist. That you're like, oh, I actually wasn't expecting that. Hm. Yeah. But you're not like, oh, that's amazing. You're just like, OK, movie. Very well. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, Brad, you go. All right, if we're going on a horror kick, I think I'm stealing one from you, Charles. Apollo 18. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. 
I know, and I know you have visceral feelings about this because I know you were talking with Jack about it. It's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie pissed me off. Yeah, ex- explain. Go ahead and explain, Brad. All right, so it's the un- the unofficial secret mission to the moon for you know for the Department of Defense. Found and footage. Just- Found fo- oh yeah, found footage. Which, by the way, I think that genre is getting played out seriously. Dude, that, yeah. that was played out after the second Blair Witch, man. Yeah. But that didn't have found footage in it. That was just a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go, they go to the moon, and then wacky hijinks start happening on the moon when there is literally <laughs> nothing around. So, yep, it's found footage. There is some mildly go creepy ahead. parts, like. Go if ahead. I had a spacesuit and something was crawling in the inside of the spacesuit, I would probably pee my pants. But other than that, do we All want right. to just spoil this movie? Uh, go uh, for it. Go I, for, I'm not going to watch it. it. Yeah. Because no one should see this movie. Go ahead and spoil it. It's Moonrocks. The Moonrocks are alive. The Moonrocks are alive. Our listeners, listeners, you should be grateful because we just saved you an hour and a half. <laughs> it was boring. I was playing video was... games watching it. And it was stupid. It, it it violated all sensibilities of uh, biology. I, I didn't watch it as a as a uh, a, as a horror movie fan. I watched it as like a sci-fi fan. Which this kind of movie, I think it was okay to do that. And nothing made sense. This was like the 1970s, right? Right. It took place in the 1970s. Somehow the mod- the, the the moon unit uh, that they were uh, that they were living in had a, a, a gravity simulator. Because they're walking around on the ground, nothing's floating, they fall out of their cots. You yeah. know, there's full gravity in this thing, and they're sitting on the moon. Also, they've had no exposure to these moon rocks, and somehow the crawling, spidery moon rock compromised, or it got into the guy's suit when he was on the moon without compromising its integrity. You know, it made no sense. And then, uh, oh yeah, there was like, apparently for being in a vacuum, there was a lot of noise out there. <laughs> what I want to know is how you guys are scientists. If something is biological, how can it be indistinguishable from a moon rock? But apparently, that was the premise of this movie. Exactly, and well, like I, I have a lot of friends who are like, you know, well, it's just a movie. It's science fiction. I'm like, no, no, because <laughs> science fiction still has to make some kind of sense in the parameters and limitations of science fiction. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you know, I mean, you I could l- just. Give us a Star Trek style techno babble, please. Do something. Don't to at just least kind of explain it. Yeah, don't just throw us moon spider moon rocks and say, oh, I love, accept this. I love this. the ending. The super cheesy over two hundred foreign dignitaries have received moon rocks as president from, from the president. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun dun dun. So, needless to say, dear listeners, it is the happening in space. It's retarded. It's stupid. That yep. yeah, it it's. I was. It's just bad in a bad way. We saved you a bunch of time. I had uh, a friend of mine had rented it from Redbox, and she lent it to me to turn in after I saw it. And I kept it out for three days. And after I finally saw it, I felt so bad. I paid her for those three days. (laughs) (laughs) One of uh, one of the ones that was somewhat disappointing to me. Oh, let's go with let's keep going with the science fiction thing because this has been. Actually, the past few years have been really bad for science fiction. Uh, I remember when science fiction used to be really, really good. Like, it made you think. It challenged you. It wasn't just, you know, coming up with scientific reasoning for all this outrageous stuff happening. It made you think. It made you challenge your own reality, your own meaning, your own existence. It made you think, and that was great. 
But now people are really satisfied, I guess, with science fiction with, with a lot of explosions and loud noises and things dying, which would explain Transformers 3. But apparently it also uh, explains Battle Los Angeles, which also came out, I think, came out at the beginning of this year. Can we loop Skyline in with that? Because it was the same effects team. Yeah, Skyline, Skyline, Skyline works with that too. Skyline made absolutely no sense at yeah. all. Battle Los Angeles was not as ridiculous, but seriously, it, it was no uh, uh, Independence Day, which is what I heard a lot of people comparing it to. It was basically a two-hour-long PSA for the Marine Corps, you know, which I'm not saying anything bad about the Marine Corps. Uh, like, I've said that to a few people, and they're like, hey, don't say nothing about the Marines. I'm not saying anything about the Marines. I'm saying this was not an alien invasion movie. This was a movie about how badass the Marines are, and that's it. The, the, we already the aliens, know the Marines are badass. Right. The, the aliens were inconsequential in their own alien invasion movie. They could have been invaders from Atlantis or a parallel dimension. It didn't matter. <laughs> they didn't even have faces, for God's sake. You know, <laughs> it was. I, I did not enjoy it, and it sucks because it was a top renter uh, at the store I work at, and a lot of people really? say it was one of the best of the year. Uh, the people I talked to say it was one of the I best. Th- I thought both of those movies did terrible at the box office. Which is ironic. I think it did. But everyone I, I talked to who said they rented it, at the very least, said it was really good. Which makes me challenge the meaning of the words really and good. So, <laughs> you know, What else did you guys see? Uh, uh, I got, I got one. one. Okay, I'll let you go, Brad. I got a good horror movie. Fright Night. I enjoyed it. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's at Redbox, it's a dollar, I'll take it. It was a really solid vampire movie where the vampire followed the rules of vampires, and uh, it was genuinely scary. I liked it. Did okay. you see the original Fright Night or no? No, I didn't. Okay, because so I, I just recently to. saw the original Fright Night, and that was really good. So now, that is one that I do really want to see, to see well, what they changed I, up. This won't spoil yeah. anything, but when, you know the whole rule, like, vampires can't enter your house without permission? Yeah, I I always wondered why doesn't the vampire just burn your freaking house down? And that's what he tries to do in this one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's a good vampire movie. It makes sense. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Uh, one that I'm really mixed on. I just saw it not long ago, and I was anticipating a crappy, crappy movie. Is Happy Feet Two? That actually came out. Yeah, and funny enough, here's what I'm gonna say: the movie itself was subpar but what made it really good is we had brad pitt and matt damon voicing two krills bill and will the krill and needless to say their dialogue was hilarious if anything see the movie just for their parts because it was really well done with the two of them and their dialogue um the basic i don't want to ruin too much is they split off from the, the giant group of krill to find out that krill are nothing but food for whales. And then Brad's character wants to become a carnivore. And one of my all-time favorite lines is he's like, all right, I'm going to go eat something that has a face. I'm just <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> I, thought, I liked Happy Feet 1. I thought it was a little preachy about environmentalism, but overall it was an okay movie. Yeah, so this little. Was... More of the same? Yeah, Ugh. it's more of the same, just with... Uh, a little bit funnier stuff and 
eh, it's not as preachy with the environment thing, but it's definitely there. The okay. first the first one uh, got really depressing towards the end. Yeah, it I, did. I thought I thought it was like the last half hour of that movie just didn't mesh with the rest of it. It just got really depressing. And then all of a sudden he comes home dance number, you know, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was okay. kind of a, one of those. OK, this is how we're going to end it. We're done now. Yeah, I, remember, I was thinking like Robin Williams does goofy voices, but this is getting close to racism. Am I okay yeah. with this? <laughs> it, it was well, definitely racist. That I even with the second one, yes. As as far as that goes, I mean, it wasn't the most offensive thing this year. Uh, the 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 blackface frog from Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah, there's one. I mean, I heard a review, another reviewer talking about that, and I didn't really believe it. I thought, okay, I'll go see it, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, wow. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blackface uh, frog. That's ridiculous. But anyway. Um, okay. I know, Jack, you and I are going to – you and I are going to – I'm about to pick a fight with you. <laughs> awesome. I'm ready. Fight, Re- fight, fight. Red Riding Hood. Oh, uh, dear now, God. <laughs> now, now, Jack's – I say Red Riding Hood was stupid. Jack says Red Riding Hood was bad. I I it believe I believe that the correct bad. answer is somewhere in between, or some 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 mix of both. Um, like like I'll just say this, okay? It, it's kind of it's kind of apparent that we're gonna get movie adaptations of uh, of fairy tales now, and mm-hmm. I, that's completely thanks to Twilight. Twilight uh, created the space. For a movie like Red Riding Hood, and now we're getting this year uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, which looks completely ridiculous. If you want me to believe that a girl is is prettier than Charlize Theron, do not cast Kristen Kristen Bell, <laughs> Kristen Stewart, or Kristen Stewart, whatever the hell her name is. Do not cra- the, cast. The thing about Kristen Stewart is almost any role I've ever seen her in is if you were to replace her with a cardboard cutout, the movie would be better. Yeah. She's she's not an actress. I mean, she's not a good actress, you know. I mean, she didn't have to be to land the role in Twilight, but still. No. Um, but anyway, Red Riding Hood. Uh, I thought it was kind of a good idea to make a movie adaptation mm-hmm. of Little Red Riding Hood that was also kind of part murder mystery. You know, I thought it was a good idea. It was just too obviously heavily influenced by Twilight for me to really enjoy it. Well, it was made by the same uh, director, I think. Yeah. That was the first part, but no, you could feel the influence of Twilight so much in that, and just, I will admit there were parts that were kind of neat in it, but you still are getting CG wolves. Yeah. We we don't... We don't I would rather have someone in a very cheesy werewolf costume that you can actually <laughs> kind of see underneath the mask you than get, these CG wolves. You gotta be careful with that though, dude, because we did get that this year too in the form of Howling Reborn. Oh, well, the Howling movies, now, of course. Well, well, see, here's the thing: compared to uh, the ones, that, the sequels that came before it, uh, those are good compared to the Howling Reborn. Howling Reborn was basically what Red Riding Hood did, except it did it much worse, if you can fathom that. It was and really... all, of, all of them are inferior to Halloween three marsupials. By the way, I just like to that <laughs> yeah, out. exactly yes. the marsupials. The marsupial attack. Yeah, I've never actually seen that one though. I've only heard stuff about it. Um, okay. like like the Howling. So 
moral of the story, do not watch Red Riding Hood. The moral, the moral of the story, I think we should just avoid werewolf and vampire movies until they go away. Let's take a break. Yeah. Let's yep. let, let's face it. Like after the last Twilight movie comes out, I give it about a year and a half or two years before this vampire craze fizzles out and and they move on to their next abomination. Mummies. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting mummies. Let's let's get back to uh, horrible anime stateside adaptations. Yeah. yeah. Let's get back. Oh, that's to... right. Akira is coming out soon. That's not going to be good. Mm. No. Let, let's just. Let, we're not debating whether it's going to be good or not. We're debating how bad it's going to be. <laughs> you know? I say pretty bad. Brad says horribly bad. Okay. All right. So you've got one fight. I have a. This is not a fight against you guys. This is going to make me a social pariah, and I will have to go live as a hermit for the rest of my life. I enjoyed Sucker Punch. Tune in to the next episode of Fanboy Transmissions. Where, <laughs> where we beat the crap out of Brad. <laughs> where, where the cast is reduced to two cast members. <laughs> all right, let me... All right, let okay, me, I'll let admit, me... I, I have not seen Sucker Punch, so I really can't weigh in on it. Okay. I There's... have seen it, and I will weigh in on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you and the entire internet agree on that point. <laughs> I enjoy about 25 minutes of Sucker Punch. Which 25? The fight scenes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The, and, uh, the, is, the fight the scenes. This the critics were complaining about. This, is like, this just looks like a video game. Uh-huh. And then I grab them by the lapels and say, make that video game. I would love playing a five-player co-op Sucker Punch video game. It was awesome. I mean, it was kind of, it, it was kind of reminiscent of uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And, and Zack Snyder, he did 300. We know what his action scenes are like. And it was just doing that again. And it was really stylized, over the top, mm-hmm. completely ridiculous. But if there was a video game where me and four friends were, you know, fighting yetis with shotguns on Neptune, I would play that game. Hmm. Yeah. Now, everything else in the movie. Oh, it's boring. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it varies between boring and so <laughs> horrifyingly creepy that you. It's just hard to, to yeah, sit Yeah, Zack Snyder, could you please make your movie less boring and rapey? I would appreciate that. <laughs> rapey is now officially a word. Yes. yes. But but, but the, the, just getting to the fight scenes, the fight scenes are outstanding, and that's why I like it. It was very very visually stylized, very awesome. Uh, like I said, the only really enjoyable parts of those movies. Um, or that movie, I'm sorry. You know, And it was... Uh, but it was just really depressing, like, when they were outside of their head, like, in the actual, like, boarding home slash bordello. You know, it was just really depressing and really not that interesting. It was nope. just horrible experience after horrible experience for them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll agree with you. It was definitely worth seeing for the fight scenes. Um, let me think. Uh, the one, one of the ones that really did not disappoint me, uh, because I knew it really wasn't going to be good. Everyone else was disappointed. Uh, Pirates Four, yeah. which was a huge release when it came out, but um, it, it's obvious that that Pirates of the Caribbean is over. It should be over. Uh, oh, everyone knew this was a cash in right away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you know how uh, in the other movies. Uh, they, it, it's basically a bunch of fe- uh, fetch quests. Like, we gotta go and get this thing so we can go and do this. But before we can do that, we have to make sure that this happens and stuff like that. Uh, this one was very abusive with that formula. Like, first we gotta get the silver chalices. Then we gotta get a mermaid's tear. But it can't be 
uh, a regular mermaid's tear. It's got to be a live mermaid's tear. And then we got to get you know a, a virgin to sacrifice himself or some I don't know whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was it was basically we have a bunch of set pieces and ideas. Let's sort of like meander through them. Yeah. It was basically the hunt for the Fountain of Youth. And, that I mean, mermaid thing was dark, dude. I did not expect... Well, I guess I sort of expected it. The movies have gotten dark before. The mermaid attack was pretty cool. But, yeah. I mean, the whole premise and the whole... Like, the whole thing is just tired, man. Like, uh, it basically... The ending left it open for another trilogy, which I hope does not happen. And uh, uh, Johnny Depp apparently was really unenthusiastic about this movie. Like, he didn't really throw himself into it and the part where you could tell it the most is in the very beginning because he, he's like he's playing jack sparrow and he's escaping the king's uh uh palace and he's leaping from you know uh carriage roof, to carriage roof shafts to you know the buildings leaping from building to building and jumps on a carriage and slides down a flag well, when they show his face, he just looks exhausted. <laughs> he looks tired. As he looks like 10 years older than he really is. Why and, am I here? <laughs> yeah, and it's not a good thing because in the first five minutes, as soon as I saw his face, I knew he did not want to be there. He did not want to be making this movie. So hopefully they just let him out of his contract and they just stop the whole Pirates thing. Mm. Um, yep. That would be the best case scenario. Go ahead, Jack. Okay. This year, I finally got to catch up on a series that I hadn't watched previously, and that's the Harry Potter series. Hello. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. So when Deathly Hollows Part 2 came out, I was actually fully caught up and ready. I was really impressed with that movie. It was really well done, and it felt very grown up. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I have nothing to contribute. I, I'm not a, a huge fan either, but what I can say is I I am impressed with the fact that you stay, you go with the first movie, it being a very kid-friendly type thing, and then as the series progressed, it started getting more adult, more ma- mature. Well, that's, that's her writing style, is that she's yeah. going to release books every couple of years, and if people grow up with the books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the books, I think, spanned, I think, what, like 10 years? Yeah, about that. Like that. The the she she wrote it for a specific audience that was growing up, mm-hmm. which I think was very I think was genius of her. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very good writer, because um, I, I have read all the books and I'll tell you like like in most seven part book series the last three books are always most disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she ended it rather well. Uh, the movies. Uh, let's face it, man. Like the last two movies were better than the books they were adaptations for, uh, because until Harry Potter Seven Part Two came out, Six was my favorite movie of all of them. It was the heaviest. It was the darkest. Um, it had most of the the best performances. You know, it was very serious, and you got drawn into it. You you were able to uh, to get lost in this movie. Harry Potter 7-2 did something that was that's very rare for me. It actually pulled me into the point where at the end, when he realizes that he has an opening to kill the enemy, his face just brightens up. And I was sitting there <laughs> and I, watching this, like, inside of me, I was just like, yeah, this is great. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like a kid again. So I was thoroughly enjoyed. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. What was, um, did you guys see uh, Fast Five? Yes. No. Yes, indeed. Wasn't that ridiculous? <laughs> I would say that 
Dwayne Johnson has mastered the art of glowering. Yes. <laughs> that dude's awesome, man. Like, I like him. I, I even like him when he does, like, family, uh, like, kid-friendly uh, funny movies. Because he is uh, funny. I am not going to watch The Tooth Fairy. So. Yeah, I agree on that completely. But, like, like, those, like, I saw Raised for Witch Mountain, and he was actually pretty enjoyable in that. Uh, when he does funny characters, he's good. He's and he was definitely good in Fast Five. He was a total badass. Mm. And uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm not uh, a fan of any of the Fast and the Furious movies. I only seen two of them, and I thought they were boring. Cause I'm not, I, I'm not entertained by that whole lifestyle of you know drag racing and shit. But <laughs> I, I use that quote all the time in my regular life. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I, I decided to sit down and watch this movie because a friend of mine rented it and she, she really wanted to watch it. So I watched it with her and I was impressed. The last scene, seriously, there's so much in this movie that, that just cannot happen. Like at the end, they come up with this plan to steal money and get away from the cops, get away from the authorities in this South American country. And part of their plan involves tearing a bank vault out of the back of a building Con, uh, connected by chains to yep. two high-powered cars, and they're dragging this thousand-ton bank vault through the streets of this South American city with two cars. That could never happen. <laughs> wow, it's and you ridiculous. Got, you got to be really into muscle cars, and if it's not a Cobra, my baby, then I don't really care. There's no car that can pull a, a bank vault, and these guys, it's like sliding <laughs> all over the floor, all over the road, and you know. They're like skidding around corners and like smashing into cop cars. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way, man. These cars would like burn themselves out, and they wouldn't even move that thing. But it didn't matter because it still made some pretty awesome uh, action scenes. So have we determined whether Vin Diesel is a legitimate action star, or they just really want him to be? I think he's. I'm mixed on that. I think he he can pull it off. He pulls off Riddick really well. I'll yeah. give him that. I I think he's he's a legitimate action star now. He's pretty. Yeah. You know, he, he was I also good gotta in, give him credit. He's actually a really awesome and nice person in real life, too. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't like can you imagine playing D D with him and he's like in full ridicule? <laughs> I'm sorry, Vin, but your character just died and then he just turns and looks at you. Just like, all right, Vin, sorry, he he, he was uh, resurrected. Magic. But wait. <laughs> um the other one, the other one that that I really enjoyed was Thor. Yeah, wow. superhero movies. I thought we that we got some good superhero movies this year. We did. Uh, Thor, not one of the best, but definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, like I didn't even know who that actor was. I forget his name, but uh, he did a really good job. I thought he was really cool. Uh, it was definitely good, and I remember someone uh, someone online actually compared it to Beastmaster too. It's basically it's basically a good version of Beastmaster too, you know, like this in, in this, some ways, yeah. this ancient mythical creature is trans- transported to modern day Earth. Yeah, you know? Norse thing. mythology, which is all about beating stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, next to Greek mythology, North mytho- Norse mythology is awesome. We have the manliest rainbow you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our afterlife consists of drinking in a beer hall till the end of time and fighting. And yeah, who doesn't and I, want that? No, I mean, no. 
No heaven, no hell, no purgatory, no reincarnation. It's just a bunch of big burly men fighting and drinking beer, drinking ale. <laughs> and mead. For eternity, yeah. And mead for eternity, right? So, I mean, I thought, it's like, how do you make a Thor movie? It's going to be weird. How are you going to weave that in with Avengers? I thought they did a decent job. The whole that Asgard is a planet thing was I, th- I thought was a little weird, but I'll accept it. Yeah. Is, I think that's how they explain it in uh, the newer versions of Thor. They're, they're always changing stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, as far as superhero movies go, we all kind of agree on uh, on Thor. What about Green, uh, Green Lantern? Uh. <laughs> eh, medium. I didn't hate it. That's amazing. I thought the same thing. <laughs> it, it, it might be the version I saw. I will admit I did download it. Oh. And I guess I can ask you guys is it seemed the editing seemed very choppy. Was yes. that just me or it was like it was like watching uh, Star Wars Episode Two again. Just everything was <laughs> it was I, so I, weird. I, at the end of the movie, I thought, well, Sinestro is going to be in the new Avengers movie. Then I paused and I'm like, no, wait, this is a DC property. It's not like they're going to make a sequel to this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, I think what I can say about that one, though, is it was up until I think the last 20 minutes is when I started paying attention to it before that i will admit i'm not a big dc fan but i at least knew enough about the green lantern whereas it was like i really don't understand what's going on yeah well i I was confused very confused if if you remember i mean it really like like a friend of mine pointed this out to me like he he disappears for like almost half the movie Mm -hmm. for for like half after he um after he gets the ring, he abandons his his post because he doesn't want to do it. And then for like half of the rest of the movie, he doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden he just shows up and, and all of a sudden he's a master of the the green uh <laughs> yeah. core ring. You, you know, know what I always thought was weird about the Justice League? Like Batman, Superman, all those guys, like, okay, they're really good at what they do. And Green Lantern's like, Oh yeah, there are also thousands of me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just have... the one that's here for some reason. Yeah. Right, and, and I do have to say, like, uh, from what I've heard and from what I've read, I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, uh, Darkest Night and Brightest Day story arcs were some of the best DC comic uh, story arcs in a very, very long time. Uh, that's what I've been hearing, anyway. Those are recent, right? I'll wait for the trades and read them for free. That's That would probably be the best way, you know? Yeah. I, I think as far as Green Lantern goes, it was the best Green Lantern movie we could have gotten. Mm-hmm. I that's depressing, actually. Yeah, a little bit. But, but that's so like saying we got the best Ghost Rider movie. That <laughs> of which a sequel is coming out. I which know. I still can't figure out. I saw stills from that, and I'm actually kind of... Maybe. Mm. All right, let's talk about a good superhero movie. Captain America! Yep. Uh, I enjoyed it. But I what I will well say done. is I enjoyed Thor more than I did Captain America. Captain America seemed to alternate between World War II movie and superhero movie, mm-hmm. which is like I have friends who aren't who know nothing of Captain America. When they watched the movie, that was their biggest complaint. They were like, "Well, I thought this was a superhero movie," and then uh, towards the end, they're like, "Well, I thought this was a World War II movie." Mm-hmm. They just got confused somehow. I, I don't. No, how I'm fine confused. with that. Get that chocolate and peanut butter and mix it in there. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's confusing, but apparently it, it confused uh, on fans. I definitely was impressed with uh, Chris Evans. His portrayal of Captain America was actually really well done. Yes. That I will give credit to. Uh, what about Red Skull? Oh, who played Red Skull again? Uh, Agent Smith. 
Yep, um, Agent Smith oh, slash the elf right. guy from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah he was the, awesome. Uh, what? Oh, it's is it Vito or Vigo? No, that's 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 Aragon. What I loved about that guy is he eventually killed the Nazis because they were not hardcore evil enough. For him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing can be said for it: it's better than the original uh, uh, Captain. Yes. Movies. I will agree 100% with that. Or Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring Hasselhoff. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, have you uh, have you guys actually ever seen that? No, I've only heard I of it. I got to, like, half of it before I'm like, I cannot handle this. This has to go. <laughs> Brad, okay, I, di- I, I differ from you from that because it was it was glorious. <laughs> it was glorious. I might have to give it's it like, another shot. It, it's like watching uh, a controlled ex- – it's like watching a controlled demolition in slow motion. <laughs> You, like I loved watching that movie because it was so hilarious. It was uh, it was like watching, you know what it was like. It was like watching the old Adam West Batman movie. Wow, where it's just fun. It's just I, fun. I'm to- gonna say the movie is bad. I'm not gonna say his performance is bad because you do not hassle the Hoff. No. But, yeah, maybe I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because it was bad. You know, th- that's that's how I looked at it. Um, and let's see, this kind of counts as a superhero movie. Guy of Green Hornet, I guess, counts. Mm. <laughs> I liked Green Hornet. No one else. I, it, I thought it had its moments. Yeah. Everything Kato I've heard is, yeah. In that movie. Kato, well, I guess Green Hornet, like, killed, you know, punches one guy and then Kato takes down a dozen. That's how that dynamic works. Mm. I don't know. I, I was laughing my ass off when uh, Seth Rogen did Maybe I just don't get Seth Rogen. I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan to begin with. Same. I, I, was, I was laughing my ass off when I saw Seth Rogen and Jay Chow beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> For me, that was the best scene in the movie. And uh, I, I thought it was it was just filled with moments that were that were really memorable and really great. Like when the bad guy goes nuts and he's like, hey, I'm going to be a villain. I'm going to wear this uh, gas mask and you can call me Bloodnovsky instead of Chudnovsky. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. I thought, I thought some of the visual direction where they do that sort of expanding – yeah, uh, what, whatever you want to call that in 3D, that was an interesting take to a to a normal fist fight. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It, it and luckily for me, if I ever need to rewatch it, it is bundled on my phone so I can watch it in 3D, <laughs> and I can't get rid of it. So thank you. I um, will give it a chance. From what I've heard, is it is slightly enjoyable, but it. <laughs> eh. The one thing that that I did notice from that that I guess a lot of people maybe I'm wrong about this, but man, Cameron Diaz looked old in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was like no good. Years older, it was it, like she walks, she walks in, and I guess she's supposed to be all pretty. And I looked and I was like, oh my god, how many years has it been since uh, <laughs> since there's something about Mary, man? Because she looks, she looks, she looks exhausted. She looks like uh, she looked worse than uh, um, than the girl who played Mary Jane did in Spider-Man Three. Oh, Sabretooth. What's her name? What? Sabretooth. <laughs> Saber- she's got some teeth issues. <laughs> Okay. You just totally went on a really bizarre tangent, but you're uh, stepping on the last oh, yeah, superhero movie of the year. Uh-huh. X-Men First Class. Yes! It I was would, awesome. I would argue uh, possibly one of the best movies of the year. I agree. Great. Yeah. It was really good. Like, Here's the thing about X-Men, uh, the X-Men movie series. I hate the X-Men movies. They've been getting progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. The, the third first, was the first the third one, was bad. The first one gets a pass because you know it, it was kind of introducing uh, people who didn't know what the X Men were. 
to mm-hmm. the X-Men, right? Mm-hmm. The second one blew the entire series load. The movie was it was fun to watch. Yes. Try watching it now. It's not a good movie. <laughs> you know. The third okay. one was the third one was the worst until Wolverine Origins came. Agreed. So when First Class came out, I was really skeptical. Same. Um, but it was great. I mean, you know, I, international. It's the most interesting world. part of X Men. Like, you, you, as a kid, you get drawn in because people have superpowers. But then, the conflict of, of morality between Magneto and Professor X is interesting. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's telling about people, and I, I just think that's the best part of it. And that's what they focused on. It's they they they, they disguise it as a, as a movie about, or it, it sets itself up as a movie about. Uh, let, let's put these mutants in human society and see what yeah. happens. It's yeah. really a story about us. The, yes. the several decisions and sides we can take uh, when we're faced with huge world alters. It's, it's about prejudice, distance. whatever the particular prejudice of the day is. Right. Yes. And, and what's great about this one is it hit, it, it got the period, uh, the, the time period right, the perfect time period for a story with that. This had Cold War intrigue, and that's what made this movie great. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon was great as the leader of the Hellfire Club. I thought he did a great job. <laughs> Sebastian Shaw, absolutely yeah. freaking lutely. Yep. And, and he hasn't been in anything good since, like, since what, Tremors? <laughs> I don't know, he what was he's it done that a couple one? movies, maybe. What, Hollow Man? Hollow Man. Uh, <laughs> yes. Although he did have his junk digitally, you know, forever memorialized in that movie, so he's got that going for him. But what I will say is the thing about that that I was the most impressed with was how badass Magneto was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That knife yeah. scene. Yeah. I love that so much. That, that was, was intense. amazing. That was a beautiful little scene. It was just filled with thing, with scenes in there that, that, you know how most movies have, like, that one memorable scene that... that makes them classics. This one had several of them. There the, were so many. The final showdown between Magneto and Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. uh, that was really good. I will say this. The one thing that, that really just smashed me out of that movie, I was riding through it real good, but what really just knocked me off my rails was when Beast shows up. <laughs> Wasn't that the most goofy-looking thing? He looked like it a loop. was kind of weird. Yeah, the, the creepy finger toes—that got me going. <laughs> yeah, he looked when he finally got like the fur and everything. He looked like a blue Ronald McDonald. Yeah, it did look kind of weird. That does take you out of the film, but that's the only thing I think you can think of. No, I can think of one. Don't okay. call a character Angel when there already is an Angel in okay. the X-Men. That bothered me. <laughs> What's funny is there actually is that character in the, the Marvel Universe as well. But she's called something else. Angel is yeah. one of the original X-Men. It fits in the time period, but they... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually agree. I that know that's real like, nitpicky. The rest of the movie is real good. A, a lot of people I talked to who had problems with it, their biggest problem was, you know, oh, they didn't do it right. They messed up the X-Men. And I'm thinking, you know, oh. we're like we're like eight years past the point where we should just accept that the movie's are going to get the timeline wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not adhering to the comic books. I mean, is it a big surprise that first class really kind of screws up the timeline continuity of the comic thing? It was set up to, because it didn't, you know, nothing made sense. I mean, how is it that Gambit exists in the 1960s? (laughs) Yeah, they screwed, almost from the beginning, they kind of screwed it up. They did. So so, uh, first class was kind of, it had to roll with that. Mm -hmm. And it did it. How awesome was Steve Jackson's uh, cameo, by the way? That was awesome. Yeah, 
His cameo was awesome. I was literally clapping. I was like, yes, that was brilliant. Thank you. Oh, dude, the theater, like, exploded when they showed Hugh Jackman on the screen. That was great. You know, and then when he says what he says, like, everybody, like, laughs their asses off. It was Yeah, perfect. That, that was great. Um, definitely, if we're going to talk about um, best of the year, okay, mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and launch into this. If I had to choose best of the year, it actually comes down to uh, a couple movies, okay? Uh, actually, three. Uh, X-Men First Class, of course, mm-hmm. for all the reasons listed above. Uh, the second would have to be Super 8. Ooh. I, I still have to watch that one. It's good. I Now, now see, I, Brad, I, I think saying it's good is, a, is an understatement. Uh, for me, it was like seeing E.T. again. It was a very beautiful movie, I thought, um, and it was it, it. It's one of those things that sucked you in. It made me feel like a kid again, you know. Really? Because like like here's the thing: like these kids, this group of kids, get caught up in this uh, this this mystery about something weird going on in the town. It turns out to be an alien that's terrorizing the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see, what's what's funny is like the alien subplot. And the alien itself is inconsequential in this movie. It doesn't matter uh, because what you, what really draws you in is the kids, the kids, the way they interact with each other, the way that they 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 stand up and do what they need to do. Right. Uh, their interaction with oh, the military is like a stock faceless villain of authority. <laughs> it was it was very Spielbergian. Yes. It was very that's that's the perfect word for it. It was very Spielbergian and everything that's good. About Spielberg. Yeah. That's why. I, th- I thought there was a, a tonal shift at the end of the movie that sort of jarred me, but it didn't make me dislike the movie. It's just like, yeah, that's not what I expected. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was good. You know, I it was it was very emotional, very heavy. Uh, I would say that could be one of the best of the year. And the the last one, I cannot help but talk about it as, as one of the best of the year, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Okay. That movie was amazing. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. I, I decided to skip it for one reason. I still absolutely love the originals. Okay. So that's what's kind of steered me away from them. Well, you you kind of got to give this one a try. Uh, kind of separate it in your mind from the originals. Okay. What, what makes, and I'll defend this, what made Rise of the Planet of the Apes good, it was not really the storyline because really the storyline wasn't really that difficult for them to write mm-hmm. uh what made it good was the main character himself uh caesar caesar uh you forget halfway through the movie that he's not real that he's animated you know hmm. he's uh one of the most expressive and emotive characters in any movie i've seen that was the model who did Gollum, right what the, uh, the motion capture guy did he do, did he do that? I believe it is. Oh wow! If he did, I, could, I I didn't see that in him. That would mean it's the second monkey he's played. He also played King Kong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I know. Uh, Caesar was uh, Caesar was just he was so believable, and you felt like for real. Um, I remember I watched this with my dad, and like at, at a very emotional point in the movie for Caesar, my dad started crying, and my dad doesn't cry in movies. Don't tell anyone I said that. Well, Even though it's father, all over the internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> internet, do not tell my dad I said that. But uh, but no, it, it was very, very... I'll, I'll admit, I teared up a little bit in some of the parts, like when he loses his family or when, when his friends die. Um, 
it was very it was a very emotional experience and what was great about it was that caesar was such a badass he turned into such a badass he he's like like when he's he's in the cage and he gets into a fist fight with the with the human character and mm-hmm. screams no like it was, it was this sort of gradual humans are friendly to over the course of the movie a reason why he hates humans so, right yeah. He has an actual story arc. It, everything about it is really believable. And as you said, one word of dialogue. So. Right. <laughs> and I started, I started, uh, oh man, I started laughing in, in just amazement how awesome it was when we see him charging over the bridge on horseback with his fist in the air, like screaming his war cry. Like <laughs> he jumps up on the horseback, he's like, Rawr! I think it's interesting, as a scientist, we're just exploring the idea of neurogenesis, of creating new uh, brain matter. So I, th- I find that interesting on a scientific level. And anyway, this stuff was not totally implausible, so I appreciated that as well. Right, exactly. And, and the fact is that, like, you know, my biggest fears are not, you know, pandemics or terrorists. My biggest fear in life is monkeys gaining sentience and rising up against humanity and taking over our cities and everything. Just remember what good old Chucky Heston said. Guns don't kill people. Apes with guns kill people. <laughs> exactly. And then they did probably hit the gun from his cold dead hands because he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, what was that thing they said? Like, get your, get your dirty paws off me, you damn get dirty ape. damn dirty paws ape. off me, you damn dirty ape. But he, <laughs> says, he says it in, uh, they say it to him in uh, the movie, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, too. There's a few throwbacks to the original movies. Like, I'm still looking for the Planet of the Apes musical from The Simpsons, by the way. <laughs> right. Yes. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Rock me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, right. Dude, I got that on my iTunes, and I listen to it every once in a while. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've got a good movie. Did, did you guys see Rango? I was yeah. going to mention that one as well, yep. That was good. Rango, Rango is like, it's, it's visually uh, unusual, but I thought it was a very enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about animated movies with animals, they're usually cute. Yeah, it looks weird. It's like, this looks like a bizarre Johnny Depp weirdness thing, and I'm probably not going to enjoy it. But no, absolutely not. It was funny. The writing was solid. And uh, and it wasn't super childish. Like it, mm-hmm. didn't, right. it wasn't like an adult movie or anything, but it, it didn't shy away from stuff. It was kind of in between. Like, if you're an adult, you can definitely enjoy it. But kids can also get into and enjoy it as well. Yes. I also have to love the slight uh, reference to Fear and Loathing in that as well. I saw yeah. I caught that too. That was great. That I didn't awesome. catch that. A friend of mine had to point it out to me. Yeah. Um, what, what was cool is like there was this, um, this, this, this slight ambiance of like metaphysical, most uh, especially when he goes out in the desert by himself and he meets the spirit of the West. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which part of me was like, okay, if I was younger, all I would think was, okay, this is happening in his head. But as I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, this is actually supposed to be uh, kind of a, a, a philosophical thing where he might actually be meeting a ghost. And that made it much deeper for me, a much mm-hmm. deeper experience. It was a great movie. My only complaint, and this is similar to the Happy Feet thing, is I think the moral message of wealth redistribution was a little heavy-handed, but it was not too bad. Mm-hmm. With that one, it was acceptable, for sure. Yeah. That's true. The... Um, uh, it started off kind of shaky for me because, like, he really didn't have a character to begin with. Right. Uh, I, I kind of like that, though. Because he started off as really a blank slate. And, right. you know, coming from someone that is just, prof- not professionally trained, but just self-trained acting, 
yeah. you kind of say, you know what, you got to roll with it and you have to throw yourself into a role to kind of get through all these situations. That's and then when he starts realizing, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not acting anymore. I am this person. That's, that's when it's, it clicks and it's just like, wow, that's awesome. I never thought of it that way. You're, you're right. You're right. I think that's why eventually it stopped bothering me. Well, I think they just pre-listed Johnny Depp and like, let's make it something that Johnny Depp can really work with. And that's sort of mm-hmm. where the character came from. Because Johnny Depp can do really good work. Absolutely. I do agree. He is a good actor when he gets a good part. Um, the uh, One of the ones, see, I, I haven't met anyone else who likes Drive Angry. I still have to see it. I really want to see it. Dude, you got to see it. Like, here's the thing. Like, everyone hated it because they said it was really, really stupid. But I think they didn't get it. I think I think the purpose of it was to make it stupid. Yeah, they deliberately made a stupid, over-the-top Nicolas Cage movie. Right, because none of it makes any sense. I mean, like, the weirdest scene was, like, when, like, the, he's, he's having sex with a waitress... In, in a hotel room, they bust in, and he's shooting and fighting, like, five guys while he's still having sex with this waitress. Yeah, no, that, that's like saying, Machete seemed really implausible, guys. Like, what's up with that? No, it's a big, big movie. That's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's supposed to be stupid and ridiculous. You know, it's not supposed to be taking taken any kinds of serious. From the fine acting chops of Sir Nicolas Cage... Right. Those are the kind of movies that I do enjoy, though. It, it just it if it like... has that spin of silliness on it, then it's enjoyable. It was it was both mocking and celebrating those types of movies. The movie opens with him driving a muscle car out of hell, so that's where the movie starts. <laughs> right. And, and to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of parallels to um, to uh, uh, Ghost Rider in this. And to tell you the truth, I think Ghost Rider should have been more like this movie because Ghost Rider took itself too seriously, I thought. Nicolas Cage needs to stop messing around with the devil. Maybe that's how he got into his financial straits. Maybe. Maybe. The devil makes him do it. Well, along the same lines is another one that is on my list of ones I have to see, and that's Hobo with a Shotgun. (laughs) I haven't seen it, and I really, really want to see it because Rooker Hauer is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I started watching it. I got five minutes in, and then I had to quit or something. But, yeah, I'm going to finish that uh, by the end of the week. It's It looks pretty awesome. Huh. Um, so I'll glaze over one more on my bad list is from Prada to Nada. I don't need to say a thing here. Is Plain and simple, all listeners out there should just go see my review. It's on my website. Nice. That's pretty much how I actually feel about the movie. It's... Go ahead and give us your uh, your, your site address. Uh, that's theirritatedfilmcritic.com. Yeah. And I, I have seen your review of it. And, uh, yeah, that seriously, uh, the Bratz movie made more sense. Yeah. <laughs> the the Bratz movie was just... more enjoyable. And this is coming from the same actress that was in Spy Kids 3 and Spy Kids 1 and 2 and just... Uh... I'd like to throw out a plug, by the way, that everyone should go to my Justin Bieber movie fan page, Brad Loves Bieber. <laughs> so obviously you were extremely thrilled that Never Say Never came out. I've seen it 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God, seriously? He has his own movie now? <sighs> um, okay, I'm just going to jump on to the last terrible, terrible movie that I wish just was not made. 
and that's Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Oh my god, dude, I didn't even see god that. Damn. No, why would we? You do that to yourself? No. It, it was painful. It was seriously painful. Al Pacino was in it, really? and he played himself. Doing what? Just being Al Pacino. That's <laughs> that's it. That's the only shtick he had in this film is I'm Al Pacino, and that's about <laughs> it. Adam Sandler and movies he, have not had a good run for the last. And couple. he found uh, Jill attractive and was trying to woo her. And I'm the whole time I'm thinking it's Adam Sandler and drag. Stop it. <laughs> this 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 shit like you know dressing up a, a male comedian as a woman and having him try to pass as a woman. That shit hasn't been funny since Robin Williams did it. It works for things like Kids in the Hall because yes. it's sketch comedy. It's hilarious. Yeah. But for a full feature film, stop it. Hollywood, it's, stop it. It's old. It's it's overdone, and it's not even funny anymore. Like, seriously, the last uh, Man as a Woman movie I saw that I really liked was... Um, this is uh, Doubtfire. This is Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. This is and, Doubtfire. you know, we've gotten... Since then, we've gotten so many of them. You know why? Because those movies are so easy to write stupid jokes for yes. it's so easy we had white chicks which was so <laughs> crazy <laughs> stupid and everybody loved it i, keep, I hated I'm, I'm, like, that movie with a passion with white chicks i feel like i have to see it just because like it's daring me to but i know it will not be an enjoyable experience you have to see it as long as you go into it knowing you're seeing it because it's bad oh, there's I, only yeah. one more wayans movie that's worse than that and that's little man little man oh god damn <laughs> i that avoided movie, that like kryptonite dude that one gave me a headache it literally gave me a headache and that was another face punching moment for me yeah do it in your opinion, guys, do you think there is a redeemable Wayans? Damon Wayans. Uh, Damon Wayans. Okay. Yeah. 90s Damon Wayans. Okay. Yeah. Blank man. Blank man, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. probably the last thing with a modicum of dignity that he made. Because that came, <laughs> there wasn't that came that after, much dignity uh, <laughs> That came after Major Pain, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, because Major Pain was the last really good one. Blank man was the last one that could pass. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll admit, I liked Damon Wayans when I was a kid. I was funny as hell. <laughs> and Living Color was one of my all-time favorite shows. Hell yeah. Young Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. Right off of his Rubber Face movie. <laughs> um, coming off of uh, Adam Sandler, uh, I, I wasn't even aware that, that his uh, cross-dressing movie came out. Thank God. Last year. Uh, what did come out that I did see was Just Go With It. Uh hmm. Which I after I saw it, I knew it was it, it, I knew it sucked, but I couldn't tell why. Uh, and after I thought about it for a while, uh, it was I figured out that it was because the love story made no sense. It was stupid. These people have known each other for years, and then all of a sudden, uh, he decides he's in love with Jennifer Anderson. <laughs> you know, I also refuse to believe that he was working with her for like eleven years and never noticed that she was hot. You know. It was really stupid. It, it's the it, Hollywood syndrome of being completely oblivious to that person that likes you. Yeah. I try, like, it was, ugh. Yeah, Adam Sandler has not been good since Before the Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. That was the last time he was good. When he started it's doing more serious been a while. stuff, yeah. when he started doing more serious stuff, he lost his ability to do comedy. You know? I, I can agree with you there because Spanglish was awesome. I love that movie. And then yeah. you try going back to an Adam Sandler comedy, and it's just like it, it's he lost something. He matured. Yeah, that's what the problem is. He matured. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, Jack and Jill those... definitely sounds like he is not mature. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to know who greenlighted it. That's all I want to know. He did. He has his own production studio. He is he he's he seriously greenlighted it himself. Yeah, that, that's Madison. basically how it works. Who Happy did he Madison. pitch it to? Himself. Himself. And then Happy Madison. How can you? Okay, no, no. This idea had to come from somewhere else. Well, he does have a, a cadre right. of followers. Not- not really, dude. Because I mean, anyone anyone could uh, um, dress up as any guy comedian can dress up as a as a female, write mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. running jokes, and come up with an hour and fifteen minute movie. That's probably where it came from, and that depresses the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, I miss, I miss the Billy Madison Adam. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we will always have that. Yep. In in our memories, you know, uh, like anger management. Nah. I liked it. It was okay. It was okay, but it didn't reach the awesomeness of uh, no. the, the old Adam Sandler. No. You know, uh, because it wasn't that hard to, uh, it, like, let's face it. It's not that hard to put Jack Nicholson on camera and have him say vulgar things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and have it be funny because anything Jack Nicholson does is either badass or funny. Right. Yep. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that movie got a pass simply because it was Jack Nicholson. Uh, uh, another crappy movie, In Time. Do not waste your time with In Time. <laughs> Dude, didn't that go like directly to DVD? No, I, I think saw it, it was in theaters. theaters for like a weekend, and that's. I about saw it in theaters because I was going out to dinner with some friends, and there was literally nothing else playing. <laughs> and it is boring. It's exactly what you'd expect from a Justin Timberlake movie. Uh, the premise. I mean, I enjoy interesting sci-fi premise movies. Like, oh, you've only got yeah, so much time to live. Like, the premise definitely caught my money. attention. Yeah. Yeah. The they don't do enough with it. They go off in some weird directions. There's a point where someone dies because they ran out of time, and they literally do the uh, the Darth Vader no to the sky <laughs> thing. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> no. It was dumb. And okay. I would say maybe don't even catch it on DVD. I would argue that, they like, like, go back. Go back in time. Look on YouTube. Look on the internet. There has to be an Outer Limits episode that did the exact same. Thing. Oh, and oh, and it was super heavy-handed. You thought Rango was mild. This was very heavy-handed in its message that rich people are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn rich people! All oh, those rich people. But we all secretly want to be a rich person. The pursuit of wealth in this country is a sign of evil. Absolutely. Um, here's one. Hangover two. Which I still haven't seen. Yeah, I didn't see it. it have you seen Hangover 1? Yes. Uh, like half and of it. Then you've seen Hangover 2. That's what I hear. That <laughs> I've it's heard that too. It, yeah, it's still it's, the same. It, like plot point by plot point. I'm not kidding. And like if there's any listeners out there who uh, who haven't seen it and you don't want it spoiled, too bad. Because <laughs> you've already you don't, seen it. You don't deserve to be surprised by this movie at all. Uh, it's quite literally, they just replace things with other things like... Uh, the, instead of a baby, there's a monkey. Um, they instead of uh, um, instead of a tooth knocked out, you got a tattoo on your face. Right. Instead of the pretty guy going to the hospital for alcohol poisoning, he goes to the hospital for a gunshot in the arm. You know, it's literally the same plot point by plot point, timed perfectly. The exact same reason happens. They're drugged by mm. Zach Galakinakidis. Uh, you know. It's- it's they're really drug- weird that those movies made so much freaking money because they're not spectacular. Some of the stuff was funny, but well, see, here's the thing: like, I love the first Hangover, and and the only thing, the only reason that I think the Hangover Two is worth seeing is because 
I mean, who wouldn't want more of the hangover? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's what they probably figured is the formula worked so great the first time. Let's just switch it up a little bit and try to put out the same movie. Right. Well, the problem worked, is we don't really want to see that again. It, well, like the the thing that they did was they made it a lot more outrageous. Like, uh, St- uh, what's his name? Ed Helms. Ed Helms like has sex with a transgender, uh, a, a pre-op trans transgender uh, uh, hooker. Wow. Yeah. He, he, yeah, and they like they say it matter of factly, and it's really weird how they reveal. Like they're talking to the stripper to see what happened that night before. The stripper's like, "Yeah, when we had we had sex." He's like, "We did." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, we had sex, and I did this and that." He's like, "What do you mean?" And the stripper stood up, and like the stripper had a had a little dangly participle, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was <laughs> it was really it was really going more for shock laughs. Oh, thank you and, for mm-hmm. including both a dick joke and grammatical humor into the same joke. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. We saw his dang- we saw her dangling participle. <laughs> It was uh, it's worth seeing, but right. I mean, meh, it, it's it's more of the same. It just tries to be more shocking with it. Oh, uh, Ed man. Helms' best scene in the movie, like they 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 find a video, like I forget the circumstances, but they they confuse, they go to the the police station because uh, the guy they're looking for, they hear he's in he's in the police station, so they go, and there's mistaken identity because the person who they think is their friend is actually an old monk in a uh, wheelchair. They don't know how that happened, so they find a phone with a video, and there's a street riot that they caused, <laughs> drugged up, and it's funny as hell because Ed Helms, like there's 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 like smoke bombs flying in the air and stuff, and then the camera pans over to Ed Helms, who's ripped his shirt off, he's waving it over his head, and he's screaming, "Fuck the police! Fuck the police!" <laughs> and then he runs away, you know. And Ed Helms is funny as hell in this movie man he's like okay. my favorite comedians ever i might check it have they i'm sure they're working on hangover three it seems of inevitable. course oh if yeah. they're not now they definitely will be right yeah um anybody else got another one to add yep my i got my all-time favorite which came out around the end of the year and that's because i'm a huge nostalgia person muppets <laughs> oh, i still need to see it oh, i, I love it, it so much because here's what they did is when I first heard about this, I kind of went, eh, okay. But they gave it to um, Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel yeah. who turns out to be like one of the biggest Muppet fans ever. Huh. Yeah, all of the posters, and he looks so gleeful just being in this movie. <laughs> I, I read, uh, I heard an interview with him is it's like because he wrote the story, right? So when they first started production and they had Kermit come out and start delivering his lines, he teared up because it's like, it's Kermit saying what I want him to say. (laughs) Uh, I was was on board immediately. I'm like, you know what? I think they can make a good Muppets movie and it's the Muppets. It was good. I I can say there are some problems with it, unfortunately. Um, I'll get to the bad, then I'll get into the good. Uh, The bad is that they didn't get Frank Oz. Oh, that to is do shame. some voices, so that's a bit of a problem, but it's not that noticeable. Well, and I think then, he's getting out in the years. I think there are passable imitators for that. Yeah. And not, then it's... the end was, it was a pretty much, they were going in a direction, and I know other people have said this, they were going in a direction that seems so different. It's like, we're beaten, we've lost, but we're still going to hold our heads high because that's what we do. And then it's just, oh, the bad guy's defeated, and, and we win the theater back, yay. 
Um, That's fine. You know what? The Muppets. Right. I, I basically want cameos from celebrities and to see all of my favorite Muppets doing silly stuff. I'm yep. fine with that. And here's what is funny is Jack Black, who I'm very mixed on. I do like him for the most part. When he was like the celebrity guest of the show that they were doing, uh-huh. I was like, oh, no. But he was actually enjoyable. And there were some good small but good cameos. <laughs> and it felt like a one of the first Muppet movies. It's like Muppets Take Manhattan or the first Muppets. It, it felt just like that. So the only thing that it did to me is you're starting when the movie started, they're getting into this whole, Oh, it's like no one watched the Muppets and they just sort of faded away and you start feeling really bad. It's like, I didn't mean to forget about you guys. Honest. <laughs> it, it basically does what toy story three did. It makes you feel guilty for growing up. Very, very similar. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. But I would recommend it if you loved any of the Muppet movies, go see it because Jason Siegel knows what he's doing with the Muppets franchise. As soon as it's available on DVD, I'll be watching that movie. Yeah. Myself as well. Um, I, I brought up Ed Helms uh, with The Hangover 2. Uh, I, I love Ed Helms, like I said, like one of my favorite comedians. But I was incredibly disappointed when Cedar Rapids came out. Um, and it was straight to video. I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, Cedar Rapids was also one that came out this year, and it was low on the radar, and deservedly so, because it was awful. It was boring. It's basically about Ed Helms is a uh, a businessman who goes uh, on a business trip, and he stays in a hotel, and he meets a couple other salesmen who kind of turn his, his life around. And he's this really uh, anal, um, fundamental-like, kind of guy you know like he's he's got a girlfriend back home who's played by Sigourney Weaver and he thinks that they're all in love and everything but really she's just looking for a good time and he's horrified that that's what she wants and uh, he meets John C. Riley, who I think is creepy I never thought that guy was funny you know like I sat with a friend and watched Step Brothers and I had to pretend I thought that movie was funny you know? <laughs> uh, but isn't that a- the best <laughs> He's in it, and it's just a very unenjoyable experience. I was kind of upset about it, you know, because it was the first really bad thing I've ever seen Ed Helms do. So, but on another tangent, which one of you guys saw? Paul. Yeah, I I decided to skip that one on purpose. That one in Rio looked boring. Didn't do it. And Rio? Didn't see that one either. Oh, Rio was all right. I mean, it was okay. You know, it was, okay. it was great animation. Uh, the story was all right. The music was obnoxious as all hell. Mm. Like, seriously, like, I watched with a friend, and, like, she was all over the movie. And I liked the movie, but the music was just annoying, you know. But, uh, and Paul, Paul wasn't as bad as it could have been. Maybe I'll check him out. Oh, I've got one real quick one. Uh, people said I shouldn't see Human Centipede 2 because it wasn't as good as the first one, which I think is an amusing combination of words. I still have to watch the first one too. The first it's, me missing out on the human movie. centipede. I know. No, I, it's it's not good. But I mean, like now you can I can say I have watched that movie just because it is what it is. I disagree. Uh, human centipede, I thought was was actually well, okay. It wasn't a good movie, but <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's, it is by no means a great work of art. No, it's <laughs> funny. Is at people's mouths. And, and a lot of it is not really that funny, but it's all worth it to to see like. These three people in a backyard joined ass to mouth and a, and a mad scientist character standing over them going, yeah, 
Yes! That guy was a crazy, creepy, mad scientist. Feed Gross. <laughs> Although, like, look forward to my uh, sequel, Human Centipede 3, Around the World. <laughs> as long as I'm not playing anyone in the middle, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I will create a human wagon train. <laughs> just weird. It's just a weird way. Like, seriously, I doubt there's a mad scientist out there that actually wanted to do something like that. It just makes no sense. Why would anybody want to do that? Uh, yeah, but he did, he did act like the craziest you know, German mad scientist who would do that. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, I know there's, uh, like, like there's, there's a couple movies I want to bring up that, while noteworthy, we really don't have to spend that much time on them because they were what they were. Uh, the Mechanic. The Mechanic was your basic Jason Statham movie. It was awesome, but it definitely wasn't good enough to stand out among all his other awesome movies. I mean, you you want oh, good, you want good Jason Statham? Get Crank. Yeah. I've heard that. Did you ever see that movie where Jason Statham drove a car and then punched a guy? Yeah, dude. That was really good. That was awesome. <laughs> that was really great. Um, also, what was a uh, priest? Not as yeah. people made it out to be, but not good either. Heard it was bad. It was, was kind of stupid. Like they tried that to, one. They tried to recreate this uh, um, this Blade Runner esque society, but it just it, it, I didn't buy it. But it was vampires, right? It was yeah, it was well yeah, I guess it was vampire. It, it was no, it was liquors from Resident Evil. That's what the monsters oh, were. You know, right. they, they were vampires, but really they were just liquors. Okay. Um, it, it, Carl Urban was the only really good thing in that movie as the villain. I thought he made a good villain. Um. And also, uh, Sanctum. If you have, if you have an evening free, and you don't care how you spend it, go ahead and rent Sanctum. It was all right. What's uh, about? It's the one where, um, oh, what's that guy's name? I can't remember that guy's name. He's a great actor. Um, he like like these guys. Th- these this team of explorers get trapped in a uh, an under ocean tunnel that's slowly filling with water. And they're slowly dying, uh, like, and it's pretty horrific deaths for some of them. Uh, it's definitely worth seeing if that kind of stuff uh, interests you. Huh, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, um, that's all I got. Movies that I missed this year that I really need to go back and see: Cowboys and Aliens. That one was good. Oh, I forgot that's not on my list. That one was okay. Worth your time. Not great. I'll give it a chance. Decent. Yeah, uh, Conan the Barbarian and uh, no. oh, and no. Muppets, and yes. uh, just because I heard it was really really bad, Mars Needs Moms. <laughs> oh, I heard that was really bad. Yeah, that's other a, than that, that's that, Disney that trying to be Barrett Pixar. Were like the worst movies of the year. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, uh, I, I I could not bring myself to actually watch Alvin and the Chipmunks three. Chipper, I think. <laughs> yeah, Chipper. I have to agree with you. I would rather choose Breaking Dawn five more times. Than that yeah. one. Here, here's here's a funny story. I got uh, when I was working. I, I work at a, a video store, right? And uh, like like part time job, and it's it's a fun experience and everything. But I remember a little kid came in and asked me, uh, "Do you guys have Puss in Boots?" And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, that movie's not even out on video yet. I told him, I don't think that's out. He's like, "Yeah, it came out like this week." Well, okay. Just just to be clear, the kid was wrong when he asked me. Puss in Boots was not out on DVD yet, right? Okay. 
but what happened was I, I searched for it in our computer system, and it turned out we had a couple copies of it for rent. So I'm like, hmm. apparently it's out. So I go and I look. Okay, there is a, an extremely low-budget animated version of Puss in Boots. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, think <laughs> of, uh, of the animation style from, like, um, Dougal. <laughs> elf bowling. <laughs> or elf bowling. It looks like that. It looks hilarious. It's this tabby cat that's, that's I would say, is overdressed as a pirate. Okay? <laughs> it's got earrings. It's got a ruffled shirt. It's got a sword, <laughs> a big-ass hat with a feather. It's just overdressed as, as a cat, you know? I picture but, a really sleazy but, production designer, like, just yelling, yeah, yeah, public domain. <laughs> <laughs> but, what make, but what makes it even funnier, it, think about it. Who do you think would be the, in this circumstance, a shitty computer animated movie of Puss in Boots that's low budget who do you think they would get to play the voice Eric Roberts it's not Eric Roberts <laughs> good, my good, guess. Gu- good guess though I-, I guess that would be second choice Brad you want to try Alan Rickman Alan <laughs> he's too <laughs> good for that <laughs> this is so far off of Alan Rickman although that would anything Alan Rickman would voice would be awesome no the voice of the cat in the knockoff Puss in Boots is William Shatner no. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I have been meaning to rent this movie for months, and I just haven't done it yet. I need to see this. Uh, and and if, if it is indeed as bad as it looks, Jack, I will hand it off to you, and you can review it. That's oh, what that's I was good. thinking. That, that, that sounds like a review one. That bizarre accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a review-worthy one to me, for sure. Oh, Jack, Jack, you will lose your shit when you watch it. When you see this movie's cover, you will say... I definitely have to try this one. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. I am all for that. Uh, what were some that you guys missed that you wanted to, uh, that you, you haven't seen yet? I've run through my list already, actually. Yeah, I mean, you covered all the ones I didn't see. The Muppets is what I really want to see. Really? You guys didn't want to see Take Me Home Tonight? Or... Uh, no. <laughs> or, or those the... two movies about a friends with benefits? Nope, yeah. don't need to see those. <laughs> or the, or the or... change-up? New Year's yeah. Eve or something like that. Yeah. I heard New Year's Eve was the best inconsequential movie about 47 different characters on TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's no, throw as many... To... I don't need to see the help. No, thank you. Let, let's throw as many possible actors in one movie as we can, and maybe someone will go see it. <laughs> Bad teacher. I heard that I, one was I kind of want to see it. I yeah. might have to see that. The trailer pisses me off because, like, apparently the humor is like the humor revolves around Cameron Diaz saying to an older woman, I want to sit on that guy's face. And like, like, apparently that was supposed to be a really comical line that they repeat it in the trailer over and over again. I'm just like, I'm not usually a fan of mean spirited comedies like Horrible Bosses and that. So maybe I'll catch it. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see Horrible Bosses a little bit, too. But it's one of those that like. Yeah, take it or leave Maybe. it. Maybe, yeah. It, it was, there was a bunch of other stuff you would rent before you rented that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's kind of that's kind of how I did I kept passing it up, and I never actually watched Oh, I forgot Shark Knight. I saw Shark Knight. That was a big, dumb, stupid shark movie. Go, that go one I want to see. Yeah, it's good. that's true. It's, yep. It was good. But only in 3D. <laughs> Michelle Young, of course. Because <laughs> shark movies in 3D have done historically very well for themselves. Yes. Basically. Or piranha movies in 3D, for that matter. <laughs> Mega Piranha versus Super Croco, or whatever. Oh, I, I like those cheesy 
Yeah. Monsters. I knew it. That's why I recommended it. I knew you would like it. They, they can be enjoyable. The one that really I just I just wanted to avoid, and I can't really come up with a reason other than it's just not for me, uh, was Mr. Poplar's Penguins. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I won't go so far as to say it's probably a bad movie. I just have no interest in it. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Same. So, um, well, uh... Other than that, I mean, that's that's pretty much how I feel about movies this year. Uh, uh, to, to, to wrap things up, I'll go ahead and say, probably the best of the year in my opinion. Uh, X-Men First Class, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Super 8. And if I... If I had to pick, if I had to pick one for any listeners who hasn't seen any of them, I would say start with either. Eh, I would X-Men say for nerds, Super Eight for everyone. Basically, yeah, Super Eight for the kid in you, X Men for uh, nerds or nerd wannabes, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes for everyone else. Yep. Um, because everybody can connect with uh, with Caesar as a character. That's fair. Uh, okay. Worst of the year. Uh, Too many to list. Too many. <laughs> this, is list. Not a, this is a great year for video games. Not such a great year for uh, for movies. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like the Smurfs, definitely one of the worst. Um, but I know there there was there was other movies. Oh, Apollo eighteen. Worst of yeah. The, worst of the year. Uh, all right, I'll hand it off to Brad. Go ahead and sum yourself up. Yo, we got a good year of movies to look forward to, though. We got Batman and the Avengers coming up, so fingers crossed. Yeah, we do. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Jack? I'm looking more forward to movies that are coming rather than ones that were last year. What I am surprised with, though, is that last year there were some decent uh, movies that came out. It wasn't that bad of a it year. It wasn't a complete but, wash, that's correct. But there were some terrible titles that just made me want to punch someone in the face. <laughs> You'll be seeing us with our mannequins coming up next year. Yes. This, this is going to be a tradition. Uh, this is going to be a fanboy transmission tradition now. Every time we go to the movies, uh, we are in danger of punching someone's face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do not Hate sit this next movie. to us. Turn to the toddler next to you. <laughs> Take it out on him. All right. Oh, this was a very great episode. Good conversation, guys. Thank you. Fun. Uh, all right. This has been Shoeless Chuck for Fanboy Transmissions. Uh, and with me, as always, was Brad. Hey, take care. And Jack. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. And tune in for the next episode of Fanboy Transmissions. Thanks for listening.